Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. I want to talk today about a subject that Bright Lifers have been asking me to address for a long time and that's weight creep in maintenance. And I've been at maintenance now for about 17 years. And this morning I stepped on the scale. I'm weighing myself weekly these days, but I think I didn't for the last couple of weeks. For some reason I was on a writer's retreat and then whatever, whatever. So I stepped on the scale and uh, my weight is up by at least 10 pounds, from, about 10 pounds from the midpoint of my range that I typically like to stay in. And it's crept up over time. Um, and so I thought, oh, <laughs> this is the perfect time to talk about weight creep and maintenance because it is on my mind. So the first thing I want to say about it is that it's important to consider whether it's real or how real it is, right? Um, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty good body composition scale at home and um, people will write in and ask. So it's the in-body body composition scale that I use. And I've taken it in to get more professional uh, body composition measurements. And it's an electrical impedance device, which um, has its flaws. But if you use it under exactly the same conditions every time, meaning like first thing in the morning before you've had any water to drink, after you've used the restroom naked, etc., um, it can be pretty reliable at tracking change, not at giving you an accurate absolute number necessarily, but at tracking differences. So what I can tell with this device is um, compared to, uh, say, six months ago when I was uh, way leaner and weighed way less, how much of this weight creep is uh, actually fat gain? as opposed to gaining um, lean muscle mass or intra or extracellular water? And the answer is, for me, less than half of it is actually adipose tissue that I've put on. So that's interesting to know. Um, another thing that I do sometimes is I measure my waist because when I put on um, fat, it for me, it goes to my middle. And so my waist will go up and my waist is up about uh, an inch and a half. Um, from where I was about six months ago. So my weight has crept up over the last six months, but not as much as that 10 pound number would indicate. It's crept up some, but not a full 10 pounds of fat. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. Some of that is uh, water due to salt. Some of it's water due to uh, weightlifting that I was doing a few months ago and so forth. So once you've determined like, okay, this is happening, this has happened, this is, you know, what percentage of it is, uh, is real weight gain as opposed to, you know, water from a salty meal that you ate last night or, you know, haven't moved your bowels or whatever it might be. Um, then sort of the next question to ask is like, well, okay, what's causing this? Usually it's the food. Usually it's the food. And that might be, um, in the context of still being bright, my lines are bright. They have been bright now for uh, right about a year and a half. So this isn't because I've been breaking my lines. However, um, I would say in my case, a lot of it is actually still due to the food, due to eating takeout, due to eyeballing quantities, 
Um, not something I do when I'm home, but uh, when I eat out or when I eat takeout, I will often eyeball my quantities. Um, and just in general, eating oilier, sexier foods, um, especially from restaurants and so forth. So uh, a lot of it in my case can be attributed to that. Now, you might find that weight creep in maintenance happens also if you're um, kind of semi-bright, right? Like uh, fudging on quantities here and there, bites, licks, and tastes, uh, a little slip here or there. If your weight is going up and you're really, really not bright, I wouldn't call that weight creep in maintenance. I would call that relapse. Um, and that's the subject of a whole other vlog. Um, but, you know, if you're bright or almost entirely bright and your weight is creeping up, that's the subject of this vlog. It still probably is due to the food. Um, but it might not be entirely due to the food. What else could be going on? Uh, well, in my case, um, medications are going on. Uh, I went on the pill a few months ago and my weight popped up by three to five pounds after going on the pill, which is a side effect of the pill. I went on the pill not for birth control reasons. I had my tubes uh, removed, actually, not just tied, but removed back in 2017 when David and I determined conclusively that we didn't want to have any more children. Um, I went on the pill to mitigate and offset some of the symptoms of perimenopause that I was ha uh, having, not sleeping, um, horrible mood swings, um, and the pill has taken care of that. So thank goodness. So that's a medication I'm going to continue taking, but there is this sort of permanent, uh, while I'm on the pill, sort of three to five pound gain that I'm going to need to just rock and roll with. So maybe you have medications in the mix or hormones, in particular, the stress hormone cortisol, which, you know, as I shoot this vlog right now, we're in the midst still of an incredibly prolonged, um, outrageously tiresome, worrisome, and uh, uh, maddening and gobsmacking COVID pandemic that has been going on now for coming up on exactly a year. Um, and so stress is just all around in lots of ways that didn't used to be the case. I mean, we already have lived in a uh, pretty stressful, full-on modern-day society for, you know, uh, ever since I've been around, like, and probably you too. Uh, but COVID has added layers upon layers on top of that, right? So cortisol makes us retain weight, um, makes us retain fat. So that uh, could be in the mix as well. Um, what else could be going on? Sleep, sleep. So when we don't get enough sleep, uh, we store weight in a couple different ways. One, because, uh, the brain just triggers the body to store excess fat. And two, because the brain triggers, um, the consumption of excess high density calories. So that could be impacting your food, um, or it could just be um, causing fat storage uh, on its own, even while your food hasn't changed. So sleep could be going on. Um, another thing that really could be in the mix, and I'm pretty sure it's in the mix for me, is energy balance, right? So uh, what we weigh and how uh, our energy balance is, is not just a function of what we eat. It's a function of two other things as well. Do you know what those are? Pop quiz. So it's the food coming in, 
And then it's two things on the uh, energy output side of the equation. It's exercise, and then it's NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So NEAT is something that's often overlooked, and it's all the aggregate motions that we make that are not exercise, which is by far the bigger portion of the equation in terms of energy output compared to exercise, like by far, even if you're a, a vigorous exerciser. Um, so NEAT includes everything from jiggling your foot while you're sitting in a Zoom meeting to uh, running upstairs because you forgot your scarf before you go outside um, to going for a walk with a friend. It's, you know, to uh, moving around the kitchen as you cook lunch or dinner, whatever. It's all the motions that you make that are not exercise. Now, interestingly, NEAT is where the brain sometimes um, will trick us and shave off a few hundred calories a day when it's trying to adjust our um, our body fat set point and it wants us to hold on to weight. So we can be going, huh, this is really weird. Like I'm eating the same exact food and I'm exercising the same exact amount, whether that's none or a lot, whatever, it's the same, but here my weight is creeping up. Well, something that could be going on is without you being aware of it, your brain could be duping you into expending 300 calories a day less just because you're sitting around more and you didn't even notice that. Um, so energy balance things could be in the mix. I'm pretty sure that's in the mix for me right now. It's wintertime here in Rochester, New York. It's uh, a, a cold winter. It's a snowy winter. I can't walk around without getting super duper bundled up before going outside. It's not comfortable out there. And I am just not moving as much at all. I am pretty sedentary right now. I also stopped exercising. Um, so I'm just kind of a slug right now. So I'm pretty sure that that has uh, some of it. <laughs> that's, that's some of it for me, for sure. Um, I'm in that mode of thinking, I should be exercising. I should be exercising. I spent a lot of my life thinking that thought. Um, a little while ago, I actually was exercising. So um, yeah, so that could be in the mix. Another thing that could be in the mix, and I was just alluding to this when I talked about the brain duping us by reducing our NEAT without us noticing, um, the brain could be tricking you in other ways as well. And this has to do with the adiposity set point. Now that's another vlog. You can go look that up if you want. Adiposity set point. Sidebar, if you don't know how to look up vlogs, um, they're all housed at brightlineeating.com and you just click on the vlog page and then you can search. So you could search for adiposity set point. I'm not gonna get all into it right now, but it's basically what your brain has decided you should weigh. And if your brain is forcing your weight back up the scale, it's got all sorts of ingenious ways to do that. And those factors together could absolutely be causing uh, maintenance weight creep, right? So how do you get your brain to decide that uh, it, it's in agreement with you that you should weigh less? Um, well, there are three things that research shows help the brain decide to allow you to lower the adiposity set point. Those three things are, another pop quiz, keeping your food really simple, fewer ingredients, fewer sauces, fewer spices, simple. 
protein. So preferentially keep excess protein in your bright line eating food plan, remove grain, remove fat, uh, keep the protein and the vegetables. Okay. Protein and exercise. Simple food, protein and exercise are the three things that help the brain uh, acquiesce in lowering the adiposity set point. So if you've been eating uh, a lot of sexier foods, a lot of takeout, for example, um, if you haven't been eating as much protein, if you haven't been exercising, all those things can sort of uh, result in the brain thinking, I think you really ought to weigh more. And then it has a host of strategies that it uses to, to force that weight creep to start to happen unbeknownst to you, right? So uh, yeah. And then finally, what could be happening is the atrophy of your mitochondria. So mitochondria are the energy uh, engines present in every cell uh, in the human body. And of course, in other uh, species cells as well, but we're talking about us right now. So uh, mitochondria can vary in their size, their health, and their number. And with age, mitochondria naturally atrophy, unless you do things to actively keep them large, numerous, and healthy, right? So it could just be that with time, your mitochondria are atrophying and therefore you're burning less fuel. Okay, so that's the range of things it could be. It could be a lot of things, right? And then it could also be the sort of, who knows, bodies fluctuate. I've been in maintenance now for a long, long time, 17 years. I have weighed, you know, oh gosh, let me just think really quick. Don't force yourself to do math on camera. I have weighed 20 pounds less than this. Um, I have averaged 10 pounds less than this. And sometimes this is probably the fourth or fifth or sixth time in my 17 years, I get up to kind of where I'm at right now. And the body fluctuates. I don't know exactly why. Sometimes the metabolism seems really, really robust. Um, you know, I, I lost my weight. Then I relapsed, gained it all back. This is back in 2003, right? Relapsed, gained it all back, had to lose it again. That's two weight losses got pregnant, had the baby, had to, babies, had to lose it again, got pregnant, had the baby, had to lose it again. That's four times that I've lost a whole bunch of weight. And I got to tell you, it's been different every time. It's almost as if I've had a whole different body. Like after the twins, it took me like 13 months or something just redonkulous to get, you know, the 20, 30 pounds off after the initial drop after actually giving birth. After Maya, I was wearing size six jeans in three weeks. I don't know, 13 months, three weeks. I don't know what the difference was then. Uh, I was older with Maya. It, you know, I shouldn't have had a more robust uh, weight loss experience, but I did. The, the body is not the same body day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Um, so there really is... Um, a factor of like, who knows in the mix, in my opinion. I mean, it's just a complex system, right? I'm sure that if we really could know everything there is to know, there would be answers. But um, many of them are just, you know, above my pay grade. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on sometimes. But I do know that when we're experiencing weight creep and maintenance, the question arises pretty quickly. Um, what do I want to do about this, if anything? 
And I really want to add in the if anything, because the first question is really, do I care? Do I care? You know, um, if you're at maintenance, the bulk of the weight is off. Amen and hallelujah. Good riddance. Do I care that I'm, you know, some few slivers of a percent above where, you know, I might ideally like to be? Um, you know, it's interesting. I was prepping for shooting this vlog and, uh, you know, I know what my body fat percentage is right now. And I Googled what's a healthy uh, body fat percentage for, you know, a 46 year old woman. And the range that Google spat back at me, the whole range, it was a massive range and I'm below all of it. And I thought, oh, right. Why exactly would I care about these extra few pounds? I don't know. So um, I think it's a really good question to ask because in last week's vlog, I presented a Spanish proverb that, oh my gosh, completely pertains, right? The, the proverb was, God says, take what you want and pay for it. And here we are with this idea of, okay, our weight has crept up in maintenance. If we want to do something about that and get that weight off, we can do that. We can take what we want, get that weight off and pay for it. What's the, what is the, um, what's the payment of getting that weight off? It's tightening things up. It's getting some extra support, brightening up those lines, right? Or we can decide we don't want to do anything about it and we can pay for that as well, right? We can just decide to accept those extra few pounds for now, you know, knowing that things might fluctuate. Um, that's what I'm doing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to not worry about it. And as I resume exercise, as spring springs and I'm out for walks again, the energy balance is going to shift and my weight's going to come back down. It probably won't go as low as it was last summer because I'm on the pill now. And so I'm up a few pounds. Okay. Okay. So take what you want and pay for it. But, you know, keep in mind that there is a real trade-off. And I've seen a lot of people, including some of our Brightline Eating coaches, sort of see that weight, that maintenance weight creep and think, I don't know that I want to sort of get as rigorous with my program as I would have to be to get those few pounds off. Like, really, do I care? You know, I got a loving partner. They're not going to notice, you know, these few pounds really only matter to me. Like, really, it makes no material difference in my life. So I'm just going to rock and roll with it. This subject of maintenance weight creep came up in Maintenance House in Bright Lifers. And someone posed the question, said that they would love me to do a vlog on it. And all these comments came in. And one of the, the people in the comments said, yeah, my weight has crept up a little bit in maintenance. Uh, but I'm not trying to do anything about that. She said, you know, just because I can weigh something doesn't mean I should. She said, I used to weigh 300 pounds. That doesn't mean I should weigh 300 pounds. Just because I did initially get to a lower number than I am right now doesn't mean that I necessarily should be back there. My body is stable. My body is happy. You know, I'm neutral with my food. And this brings me to another thought, which is, are you neutral with your food? I think there's a very big difference 
between experiencing weight creep and maintenance and having the obsession come back, right? Having exceptions creeping in and the will I, won't I, and maybe if I, you know, eat a little more now, I can eat a little less later, having that rigmarole back in your head versus, um, you know, taking a little bit of comfort here and there with food, just, you know, a takeout meal or a sexier meal here or there or whatever. And it's, it's adding a few pounds, but it's neutral. Meaning when you finish that meal, you don't think about it one way or the other. It's done and dusted. It's, you don't care. Uh, and you're still free, right? Um, to my mind, having freedom and peace and neutrality with food is the linchpin. For me, it's obsession that I don't want. And if there's obsession going on, then I really need to be tightening up my program. Um, so if all that said, you do actually want to do something about it. Um, step one is to really look at your food and really brighten up your lines. And it might be that you look at your food and in all honesty, don't know how to do that. I would guess that that's rare, that most people who've been doing bright line eating for a while who are experiencing weight creep and maintenance kind of know <laughs> when they look at their food where the extra is coming from, right? But if you really don't, what I would recommend is raise your hand in one of our online communities and just ask someone who's been around the block and bright line eating for a little bit to take a look at your food, right? Say, hey, could I commit my food to you for four days? And would you sort of hear it with your experienced ears and just let me know if there's anything I'm eating that might be contributing to this weight creep? Um, yeah, they'll tell you. <laughs> um, so that's the first step is brightening up your lines. The next step is to take a look at all those other things that we talked about, right? Because uh, it could be that your mitochondria are just getting sort of exhausted and they're not as robust. And you might want to be considering some of the hormesis uh, 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 exercises or um, what would be the term? Um, habits, behaviors that can strengthen our mitochondria. Sauna use is another one. I think I have a vlog called Why I Sauna. Um, haven't been saunaing lately. There you go. Um, yeah, you might want to consider if you don't know what hormesis is, just a quick definition, hormesis, and this is, um, a totally made up ad-libbed definition. This is my understanding of it. It's, um, when stressors, micro stressors on the body actually create adaptations that make the body stronger. Exercise is a classic example, right? You exercise and momentarily it fatigues the body, but then the body adapts and becomes stronger as a result. All kinds of other things create that effect too. And the, the becoming stronger part is through, largely through improving the health, the strength, the number of the mitochondria. So, uh, heat exposure, cold exposure, um, oxygen deprivation. It's why people living at altitude are healthier than people living at sea level on average. Um, what else? Uh, exercise. Um, that's all I can think of right now. There are more. Oh, the, interestingly, the, um, health effects of fruits and vegetables are primarily not because of fiber, not because of minerals and vitamins, um, but because of, uh, phytotoxins in those fruits and vegetables that cause a hormetic response that make the body 
adapt and become stronger. Broccoli, blueberries filled with phytotoxins, literally toxins. Um, that we evolved to overcome by up-leveling our game and becoming cellularly stronger. So you might want to consider adding more hormesis to your life. You might want to consider looking at your sleep, at your stress. You might want to consider really examining your food, making sure it's simple, making sure you've uh, preferentially increased your protein maybe to one and a half servings and kept other things, uh, you know, taken out other ads, but kept the protein in there. You might be looking at your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Just wearing a pedometer is a great way to do that. So these are some of the things you can do to just gently over time shift that energy balance, shift your um, uh, cellular strength to over time let the body and the brain sort of lower your adiposity set point and cruise back down. I guess the main thing I just want to end this vlog with, though, is uh, an encouragement not to get um, excessively focused on a number, right? Like if you're at maintenance, the bulk of the weight is gone, good riddance. And at this stage of the game, there's so much more that matters than uh, strict adherence to a particular number on the scale. So I really encourage you to ask yourself in all seriousness, do I care? Why would I care? Um, but if you do care, there's lots that you can do about it. And I hope this vlog was helpful and I will see you next week.